Welcome to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. Keep up with Lisa's day-to-day problems and solutions she encounters with Outlook, third-party apps, and Office 365. The learning never ends, folks. Learn from Lisa. Hey, folks. Welcome to Call That Girl's Office 365 Show. I'm Lisa, your hostess, and this is show number 66. Reminder, if you want to check out my past shows, you can go to callthatgirl.biz slash office365. And that's where the page has all the notes and links to anything I talk about, sponsor links. And then there's a link for the past shows, of course. I'm just going to let you guys know that I just decided to stop doing this YouTube thing. It just kind of didn't work. You know, I was using this product called Zoom, which is awesome, and I love it. But unfortunately, the audio recordings uh, haven't been so great, and, and we can't do anything about that. Uh, we tried experimenting, Mitch and I, with some other things, and... You know what? I just said it wasn't worth it. I looked at the YouTube views and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do podcasting only. So, uh, so just don't uh, go looking for those anymore. But I do have a bunch of good YouTube videos out there if you want to do how to stuff. For those that are new to my show, uh, the shows are usually about me and my Outlook jobs, Office 365 things I can talk about and uh, the jobs for the past week. And sometimes it's just me and sometimes I have a guest. And this week, I have an awesome guest that we're going to be talking to here in about 20 minutes that I already pre-recorded just before I did this because I want to talk about a few things first. And I didn't want to waste my guest time listening to all my starter bubble talk I do. But anyway, before we get going, of course, we have to thank our friends over at Apple River. Uh, they do excellent Office 365 sales and support, email, uh, web, uh, excuse me, web security, email encryption, and all the Office 365 products, of course. Um, and they, of course, have 24-7 support, which is why I love having them as partners, so they can get all the calls on nights and weekends for password resets and whatever. <laughs> I like that. Now, I last week, my last show, I put out a little blurb about uh, having folks do an Outlook survey, and I, I put it out through some social media channels, LinkedIn, Facebook, the two groups I'm in, uh, did some on Technable, and I actually had some pretty awesome results. I think I got over 130 people that did the survey, and the survey was really for a reason, because I've tried doing Outlook training for techs in the past. Either my marketing was shitty or people just didn't get the value of it. But I think now with Office 365, people are getting the value of it because Outlook is a huge component of Exchange and there's a lot of problems with it. So the the survey gave me a lot of answers to, uh, well, the questions I asked, of course, are very important. And I'm going to probably end up doing a webinar for this. And then I'm going to record the webinar. So if people take the webinar, they can watch it later. And I'm not going to produce it. I had to do the, the decisions of three options, webinar, ebook, or a video training that I would do, record it and sell it. And let me just tell you guys how brutal making videos is when you record it. It is pretty brutal. <laughs> and plus, if I record it once, and let's say there's a dynamic change in one of them, I have to redo the whole thing. And I thought, you know what? I'd rather probably do webinars and have uh, three series of them. And uh, what I think I'm going to end up doing is a basics, advanced, and then like an Office 365 one. I think that's where I'm headed with this. But the results from the survey gave me a lot of insight on what techs want. 
the, what they're already doing. And I only had like five people that said, no, I don't want to take it. So that means I got like 125 people that are interested. So that goes to show that we're going to be doing some outlook training for technicians here soon. And I'm going to be working on that as soon as possible. Um, I also have a second survey that I'm going to do because I want to get down to some more information. And my first survey, I gave away an ebook. Well, then I was like, how do I encourage people to do a second survey? So I came up with a neat little guide slash handbook I'm going to give out for this one. And this one's called, hold on, I just had the site up. I, it's funny, I just named it. It is called the Outlook and Office 365 Resource Guide, which basically is like everything I know about Outlook and Office 365 I put on this guide. And in it has um, Facebook groups you can join, LinkedIn groups you can join, tech forums you can join, Facebook pages I like, online resources, my stuff, my blogs, newsletters, YouTube, um, tons of other sites out there, the, my favorite tools I use, other technical resources, which includes other experts you can call. Uh, I've got one for SharePoint, OneNote, Business Contact Manager, Exchange, PowerShell, and a couple other Outlook experts that don't do what I do. Word and Access, let's see, Word and Access, and then Excel. Also has a list of a bunch of podcast shows, and it has the four top vendors I work with, and books you can read, <laughs> and the exchange forms I use. And then at the bottom, I uh, created a Office 365 sales video for my clients to watch. And these really didn't take me a long time to do, but I did make it with the theory of people want to learn about Office 365. Why don't you watch some short videos that's about 25 minutes total? And they can pick and choose. There's a SharePoint one, there's a OneDrive, Exchange, the Office products, home versus business. Because a lot of people don't understand the difference. And that link will be in there also, and uh, ways to hire me, and my Outlook training videos. I mean, it's really just kind of really robust. So if you want in on that, you got to do my second survey. So feel free to email me, lisa at callthatgirl.biz, with the word survey, and I'll send you all the info. Okay. Okay, well, now that was that. Now, finally, before I move on to some fun stuff, my Podbean channel just got over 20,000 downloads since January. So I just want to thank everybody for downloading and listening and um, checking out the shows. I've been really trying hard to give out some really good content. And I've been really happy with how it's all going. As I said, we got another sponsor starting up in December and maybe a couple others. We'll see. But I'm trying to get the word out and I'm trying to connect. So if you know anybody that is looking for a guest for the show or their shows or that want to be on my show, please let me know. Okay, now I can breathe a second. Uh, this week, I'm recording on October 5th, actually, three days. I have sold three, what I would call sizable migrations already. Um, very good week for me. And I kind of have to look at that and say, I love doing migration work. You know, I love it. I'm good at it, and it's always something different each time. So to me, that's kind of where I want to take the business is to move into the migration work more. So with that being said, I had to change up a few things um, with the business, and I don't want to be mean about this, but it's the truth, is that 
you know, I get a lot of calls from clients that just want to, you know, a half hour job done. And I can do those half hour jobs. But the problem is, is that I don't have a half hour rate anymore. So then I used to have a full hour. And then my guilt got to me, well, the guilt, that the clients would be like, wow, you just charged me 139 for 30 minutes? And I was like, yeah. So then I was like, well, how do I get them to see the value of buying one of my support tickets, you know? And the clients always think, well, I'm not going to need you again. But I know they will if they have Outlook because Outlook is never perfect for life. So I decided to change it up. And uh, it's not just the 30-minute calls. Here's the other big problem I have is that when clients call <laughs> before they set up an appointment, they talk from 8 to 10 minutes maybe even into 15 to tell me all their dramas and then they book a one hour appointment. So I've got 15 minutes in, let's say, plus my admin work. Then I help them and I'm pretty good at judging that hour. Like I get that one hour tight, you know, but the problem is I'm very fast and I'm very efficient and I know all these back doors to stuff and I can get really, you know, rushed kind of and exhausted at the end of the hour because I want to get that hour in, right? Well, so what I found is I've been closing all the jobs with telling the clients, okay, we are at the hour, we're done, you're paid up. If you have any more issues, then it's going to start a new ticket and I'm going to require a credit card unless you want to buy prepay. And people don't always buy the prepay. In fact, they don't more than they do. And they, they think they're good, you know. And I said, even if you need me for a five or ten minute thing in a week, it's a full hour. I make it very clear to people because that's one thing that I learned is you have to have the expectations managed, blah, blah, blah. Well, this happened to me, of course, a couple weeks ago. The lady ended up saying, oh, I just got one quick question. It's always quick, like 10 minutes after the call. And I was like, well, then we're going to start another ticket. And I have to give her this. She, she said that's fine. She didn't want to. But then we ended up spending 45 minutes doing other stuff in her outlook that was amazing for her. So it really paid off for her. But I've kind of learned that I don't want to rush anymore. And I have knowledge that's, you know, very valuable to these t clients. So I decided to change it to be a two-hour minimum. And I changed the rate from 139 down to 125. So do the math. I used to have 139, felt rushed, didn't get a sale after that. Now I have a two-hour minimum for 250, and that's it. Clients have to buy that two-hour. If they use me for 15 minutes, that's fine. I will put 15 minutes of my ticket that they used, and they officially have an hour and 45 minutes left. This sets the bar, I think, for expectations for the future. I have a prepay scheduling link on my calendar. Uh, program so they can pick that. I don't have to do any more sales with them. I don't have to get the credit cards again. And when that two hour is up, they only get that two hour the first time. They, they don't get it again. So then they have to buy the four hour. And I can say to them, well, look, this already saved you. So you, they're just I'm not going to have a choice because I know that the clients are going to call back. So if they don't, they're fine. But I don't have a one hour rate anymore. It's two hour minimum at 250. And since I've done that, let me go see what my sales have been. I have sold one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven of those since last Friday. So what is that? Well, actually just four working days, not even. So those 250s, 
times 7 is nice, is 1750, when that could have been 973. So <laughs> I needed to up the game a little bit, and I've learned that I probably got to do some more migration reworking too here soon because of my guest coming up on the show that I want to start changing that up. And, of course, as I change it up, you will hear all about it. All right, let me see what else I have here, you guys. Let's see. Does anybody else notice this, or is it just me? When you were, like, super slam busy, does your, like, energy level get kind of, like, just so spiked high that you, like, think you can do everything? Then you end up having, like, these huge projects that you're brewing up and li making lists, and you're, like, so excited because everything's flowing. And then do you notice when that you're totally slow and have no work that you don't have any energy to do anything except do nothing? I've noticed that quite a bit with owning a business. And this last, you know, month has been super cool. And I've noticed that I'm really on my game. But I'm like, man, I can tell you when you go through those blocks of dead zones, you just get so like almost like frustrated. Like, is it going to come back? And it always does. So expect that. So after my last show, I got a lady named Carol who was listening, and she said, Hey, Lisa, I just wanted to let you know um, that the reason why those customer service people are always in a hurry is because they track their calls. And I was like, duh, I guess I didn't even think about that. And I used to work in a call center. I'm lucky I've never been in call centers that were, like, you know, <clears throat> tracked by the minutes, like have to hurry, but I'm like, Still, that's horrible to make a technician have to hurry or to do anything because of a, you know, a, a stupid uh, call queue thing. I, I've been out of it for 10 years, so what do I know? Okay, now we're going to just do a couple awesome stuff things. I got a few things, and then we'll get on with the guest. Uh, Podnuts Pro is back, you guys. I just got the, the notice on Facebook, and it's been a while, I think, we uh, to enjoy the Podnuts uh, Pro guys. It is uh, Marvin B., who is a, a Podnuts, I think he's a, one of the consistent Podnuts uh, podcasters over there with Jeff Hallish. And then uh, Martin Obando, I think that's how you say his name, Martin Obando. And he used to be on the Geeksters with my producer, Mitch, and he's with them. And then Matt Rainey, the famous, if it's... If it's a ticket, it's yes or no, man. <laughs> and so I listened to some of that show today while I was at work here. And um, and I believe hopefully they're going to be doing shows all the time now. So make sure to check them out. And um, let's see. I kind of made a joke the other day about how, um, you know, when clients have their special configurations and stuff, that I'm like, you know what, I'll fix whatever the client chooses. But as long as they pay and they know how long it takes, right? <laughs> it's kind of a joke because a lot of people are like, I don't fix that. Well, I'll kind of fix anything if the money's right. All right, you guys. So now we're going to uh, scoot on over to the show I just did with uh, Jethro. Um, I was really interested in talking to someone at Bit Titan because I really want to start working on some Office 365 MSP uh, solutions and, and some packages for my clients, even though I don't do other MSP work. But I... I know from all the guests I've talked to that I have to start doing this. And their products at BitTitan, the Migration Wiz and Deployment Pro, are just, I know the tools that they're going to help me get there. And having AppRiver as a vendor, everything I just want to be perfect with great tech support. And I've had great tech support with uh, BitTitan. So you're going to hear about it on the show here. But uh, my guest this week is Jethro Seegers, and he is the, uh, he's a product manager 
uh, with the company. He's, uh, has many years of IT experience and, um, and he's going to talk to us today about, uh, Migration Wiz, Deployment Pro, MSP Complete, and their white label service. And there's a lot of good pieces in this show that I was very excited about. So let's get going and we'll introduce Jethro here in a minute. All right, Jethro, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, we're excited to have you on. There's a lot of technicians out there that have a lot of questions about well, mostly two of the BitTitan products, uh, Migration Wiz and Deployment Pro, but I know you guys have a lot of other products that we can talk about today uh, once we've kind of covered all the, you know, covered all the things that the, the techs are using mostly now. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that you guys have... Um, MSP complete and a few other things that I'm a little interested in knowing more about in the white label help desk. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Great. So why don't you just take a minute and tell us about yourself, what you've been doing there, and I know that you joined the company a couple years ago. So any back end information is cool. Absolutely. So uh, my name is Jethro Sigers. I actually moved uh, a little bit over two years ago from a very small country in Europe, Belgium. Uh, to become the first program manager for Migration West. So before that, I had uh, two companies of my own, pretty much in the same situation, um, where I would, was a break-and-fix um, break consultant. I had a few customers that were into managed services, not a lot. Um, and at that point, I decided that I thought I would have a bigger impact um, for partners and customers. Uh, if I spend my time improving the product migration with and take my experience as an MSP and bring that into the company and really help a bit tighten grow in that in that area. I'm also an Office 365, Office 365 MVP, although that we're not allowed to call it that anymore. It's an Office Server and Services MVP. Um, <laughs> so it is what it is, but my 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 heart is still very dear to Office 365, so that's how I'm going to call it. Um, and pretty much what I do is help people in how to make Office 365 more efficient for them, how to deal with it, how to make money with it, um, and that's pretty much what I do at BitTitan as well. Wow! So you had your own business, yep. then you then you got into Migration Wiz and you came and worked for them. Yes, absolutely. Very cool and. Just before the show started, I was telling Jethro, I was like, now that I'm kind of engaging in the global Office 365, there's some amazing stuff going on out there. It's just incredible. And the talent is just all over the world. It's so cool. I, I never really engaged in it until just the last year or so. It, it is. And the thing is, is that in the old days, and, and just hear me talk, the old days, I'm talking about less than five years ago, yeah. <laughs> uh, you had... You had Exchange MVPs and SharePoint MVPs and Office 365 MVPs, and pretty much everybody was in their own niche and did what they what they like to do within their own technology. And right now, is there's a huge collaboration between all those different technologies because Office 365 kind of brings them all together. And yeah. really, that collaboration brings also the quality of the product and the services to a higher level. Oh, I have to agree. I've been finding lots of uh, parties or a lot of companies I'm using right now. All of the tools work together because mm -hmm. the foundation of the Office 365 is there and people are building on it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of doing with my sales and services. I'm kind of just on the support side of it. So it makes sense. We're all in the same game kind of. Yep. Well, Jethro, I wanted to start and make sure that my uh, my listeners understand is that I found out about Migration Wiz, I think, through 
some technical forums. And mm-hmm. you know what? I'm kind of one of those people that I'm like, I hear a word. I'm like, eh, I don't know. I don't really always, you know, go look into it. But then when I partnered up with App River, they, um, you know, I started doing some larger migrations and they were like, hey, have you ever considered using migration Wiz? And of course I was like, no, that scares me. I like doing it my way, the manual. <laughs> sure, yeah. And where I can control the data flow. That to me was important. Mm-hmm. But then I started really, you know, I hired a tech to help me on migrations and we started getting into it. And then I just kind of have been really sold on it lately, like big time. It it really is so beneficial to this uh, IMAP issue. There's so many IMAP problems, Jethro, that the migration yep. was kind of takes care of it all. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's key, right, is that what we're trying to make sure is that we're not trying to take away too much from the technology. There's still a lot of technical stuff that you need to do. And we know that people who are in our space, in our industry, they, they love to go into that technical part. But what we're trying to make sure is that the data flow is stable, that the transition is there, that it's easy for that really deep dive technical stuff that that goes very well and that you don't have to go in and look, where's that email? Why did I miss out on that email? Where did it go? Did I do something wrong? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And with migration risk, you don't have those problems. With migration risk, you really can focus on, okay, what do I like to do? What is the more challenging work? There's nothing that challenging and taking an email and drag and drop it into another mailbox. It is challenging in when you have connection issues to figure out why that is in setting up the mailboxes and making sure the data, uh, the, uh, the setup is correct to make sure that you have a desync and dersync running properly. Those are the really interesting parts. And with migration risk, you just know that the data will end up where it needs to be correct, repliable and all the technical difficulties like yeah. IMAP and web dev in exchange and a lot of the exchange problems you have with exchange web services. We take that all for, for our account. So, that is a, I think that's what we're trying to do and add to that the fact that we can do multiple connections and multiple customers and multiple migrations simultaneously. Suddenly, you're not dealing with <laughs> customer, customer, customer. You're dealing with a, a multitude of customers at the same time. Yeah, I can only write right now. I'm doing one at a time, but that's about my level. But, <laughs> but you know what I love is also I've found you know, I kind of have to learn as I go sometimes, Jethro, but the one thing that I found is that these offices have super slow internet compared yeah. to people's homes. And if and here's what I have to do when I do it manually, which, like I said, I like controlling it, but it honestly, the upload takes forever. And, mm-hmm. and with Migration Wiz, you're going down and it's so much faster. So, um, yeah, so like that's where I'm going to try to start working in to use Migration Wiz for all my migrations moving forward. Because mm-hmm. I already do the the prepping, the admin work, the setting up, and all that stuff, and then I, you know, I could do the migration was even on one mailbox is nice. Oh because yeah, some, totally. Sometimes my one mailbox people seriously have thirteen hundred folders. Yeah. And if you have a filter applied from IMAP, that is such a nightmare. Totally. Oh, I hate that. So uh, anyway, I'm just gonna start putting that into my into my sales and my processes, but. Um, the next product, um, I, I, I want to make sure everybody understands what Migration Wiz is before I get going, because I, I assume a lot of people know stuff. But Migration Wiz is basically um, a tool from BitTitan that you can 
create the accounts from the old server to the new server. You got to play with the buttons a little, <laughs> get them all to talk, and then you can do um, what are they're called passes. A pre-migration pass is that the first one, Jethro? Yeah, something like that. We call it pre-stage, but yeah, yeah. So yeah, the last one I did, we started a week out, and I don't think you need a whole week, but we started a week out. We did a couple passes, and then. We did one the morning of and then one right before, and it does get the last email. I mean, it's pretty on its game. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, and then at that point, then it's on the Exchange server, and then you can just go set up new profiles in Outlook on the systems, and that's where our next conversation is going to go. That's why I said this is Deployment Pro. Correct. And then I want to hear all about it, Jethro, because honestly, I've never seen it, and I'm just so fascinated, and I want to know all about it. Sure. So like you actually said, is that after the migration, you have to go to the different devices, reconfigure the Outlook profile, and then you have to deal with the autocompletes because people want to reuse those autocompletes. No. You have to take over the signatures, maybe some PSCs that were attached, you have to reattach them. And what we've seen with a lot of our smaller partners is that they literally were going to the offices and do it one by one and making sure that the auto discover was there, making sure that the Active Directory was cleaned up when they have an exchange on-prem. With Deployment Pro, you don't need to do that. So the way that Deployment Pro works is there's a small agent that you deploy on the different devices, and you can deploy it through group policies, through an email, to a network drive. That's totally up to you, and you can make that choice based on what your customer likes and what his infrastructure has. Um, but pretty much at a certain point, your migration is done, and then you need to reconfigure the Outlook profile. So what happens is that agent is going to provide a user interface to the end user that just fills in their username and password. We're going to make sure the autocompletes get copied over. We're going to make sure the signature is there. We're going to make sure that that whole original profile uh, gets a copy. It's important that you understand it's a copy in case something does yeah. goes wrong. You can move back to the uh, to the old profile, but everything is there. All the signatures are there. All the other completes are there. All the PSCs are reattached without you having to travel and do it one by one manually. So again, it's all about being more effective, uh, saving time, uh, reducing mm -hmm. the cost, and what and the reason why we believe so strong in it, or how you can see that we believe so strong in it, is actually because we're bundled it with MigrationWiz or the mailbox yeah. migration. So you can actually get it for normally it's eleven ninety nine list price, something like that mm -hmm. for migration with and another four ninety nine for deployment pro. We bundle it together for a fixed fee that is way lower than the sum of those costs. Nice. Yeah, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna use deployment pro on uh, not this migration I'm doing, but the next one. Mm -hmm. Because I really here's the thing, Jethro, is I get a lot of calls from technicians that want help on bigger migrations like 50 to 100 mailboxes yeah and honestly my tech and i have just not figured out a way to for us three to do 100 and without testing deployment pro i was like i call that my fine tuning is when i go add the autocomplete and everything and that takes a lot of work oh yeah absolutely and so i'm like okay i've been nervous but i'm gonna do it and then when i do it I'll talk about it on the show, on my next show of how I did it and, you know, all the stuff that I had to do with myself because, you know, clients, they'll have third-party apps included that I'm sure you guys don't deal with. Yeah, clients. so the, 
Yeah, absolutely. So the thing that we always tell our partners, right, and it doesn't matter if you do a small project or a larger project, um, it's always we feel that a mailbox migrations uh, migration consists out of three steps. First is what we call health check for Office 365, is where we're going to see if the devices that you want to run uh, Office 365 on or make the connection to Office 365 is actually compatible, right? Do you have the operating system that is compatible? Is your office up to date? Are your browsers up to date? All that simple stuff, but still very necessary because if it's not okay, you won't make a connection, period. Yeah. Then, then the second step is the migration, and the third step is actually Deployment Pro with the Outlook uh, reconfiguration. So we put those three together in one bundle, and then that's something that we feel that is going to give you the best experience, not just for you as a partner or a small MSP, but also for your customers who, let's be honest, right? They're scared of going to Office 365 because they don't want to lose their data. They don't want to have any downtime. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, and you know what? I've been scared, Jethro, to grow. And I, I, my listeners know I'm a scaredy cat because mm -hmm. it took me, I think it took me about six months to do my first hosted exchange migration many years ago. And, you know, that was the hugest learning lesson ever. So I'm like, I'm nervous about new technology, but I'm ready to do it because I was telling you earlier, I get these texts that call me, they're one man shows and they're like, Lisa, how much is it going to cost for you to help me with this? Cause get this, maybe they only have one client to ever do, you know, so sure. they don't want to go learn it. So I'm like, well, why don't I coach you through it? And I can't charge them my same rates, you know, that mm -hmm. I charge a client cause they're doing a lot of the work. Yeah. So that'll be really interesting. I, uh, I'm i excited. I'm going to do one next week, and I'll use it then. Ten people. Yeah, so the thing is, growing is all about, is all about having control, right? You don't want to yeah. grow too fast because you, you're going to lose grip and you're going to lose confidence. What we're trying to do is making sure that, hey, do it in a small project. Really get your feet wet. Really see what the benefits are of using those three products. And then the more confident you get into those projects, the more you're going to feel or be able or feel confident in doing larger projects. So we're not saying, hey, immediately go do a project of a thousand mailboxes, but just <laughs> gradually right. grow up there, right? Yeah. Well, that's how you got to do it. I remember, you know, my first one was 22 mailboxes. And after that, I just kind of scaled it down to under five mm -hmm. because it's hard for a, a client that does five to ten uh, mailboxes to find a tech just to do that amount you know most uh most uh, companies when they call for a quote they are getting managed service contracts yep. and some businesses don't want it because they just don't feel they need it oh okay. yeah so um let me ask you this my favorite question i've been wanting to ask is how do you get the pst from that agent how does the agent find the psts because sometimes yep. people have them in weird places Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you stories about that. Um, so, again, that what an agent is going to do, so you actually tell an agent where to look. Again, okay. you, you can deploy it on just a regular device on a file server in case the PSTs are stored on a file server. Okay. Pretty much on every type of device that you can think of, you deploy that agent. That agent is going to uh, search in all the different folders for the PST file. Now, what is important is it's one thing to find a PST, but how do you know who the owner is? Yeah. Right? In, mo in most cases, it's backup.pst or archive.pst <laughs> or myfiles.pst. 
So we have an algorithm where we actually go into open the PST, look in the inbox, look in the send items, look at the attributes of the PST file itself, and that is going to give us a very good idea of who the owner is. Now, wow. that information is uploaded into an Azure storage account, and you can use a BitTight storage account when it's smaller projects. So for smaller MSPs who have less than 100 gigs and PSTs, we provide the storage. If it's larger, you can uh, provide your own storage. And then in Migration with you point a Migration with project for personal archive to that Azure storage account. You The destination is Migration, uh, sorry, is Office 365. And you can choose, you can put it in the active mailbox and the archive mailbox in a combination of the two, that's up to you. And then you just migrate them. And that's pretty much the whole whole idea um, is that we collect the PSCs, identify the owner, and then do the migration. And you get the discovery, that's how we call it, completely for free with a migration license. Okay, so let me just try to understand this. So I set, <laughs> I send the agent to the client through the email because I don't have servers. Mm -hmm. So um, they get it, they'll click on it, it installs the agent. When, mm -hmm. when the migration is ready to be cut over, I can control the agent to deploy without the clients. Correct. Right. Yep. So I still like to remote into every computer, Jethro. I'm just, sure. you know, I could never do it blindly for a while, but that's supposedly if the client left it open, it should be like a robot. Absolutely. And okay. you can do you can do it with an interface where you can actually see we found X amount of PSDs or silent, and then there's a log file that you can go in and see what is going on. But that's pretty much what you do is you run that application, it looks for the PSDs, it starts to upload them, and then you go to migration rules and you say, look, here's a storage account where I've dumped all the PST files, and then migration rules will pick them up and dump them in the right mailbox. Okay, so you just said... Now, that's the next step. So the agent, we deploy it, and it starts to do its stuff. It finds a PST. Let's say it's 12 gigs, right? Yep. It finds a 12-gig PST. Does it upload it through the computer to the exchange on the Outlook, or does it go up to the cloud and come back down? It goes – so we upload it into an Azure storage account. Oh, that's right. Okay. So, yeah. But the thing is, the way that we do it is, because we know not everybody has a huge upload, we actually – break up the PSD in very small chunks, we upload them separately, and then on the Azure Storage account, we assemble them back together, so it's not a full-on uh, reservation of your upload speed. So we make sure that the partner and the customer still have some uh, some room to work with, uh, yep. so that your upload speed is not completely consumed just by that process. Oh, so you don't want to choke a network down? No. <laughs> No, we feel it doesn't reson resonate well with customers. <laughs> no, I've actually seen some really brutal migration times. And you know what cracks me up is that I didn't really understand 100%. Like, hey, 10 users all have 12 gig files. All have to go up to the cloud. You think you're going to have an internet problem? Yeah. You yeah, know, and then, yeah, it's horrible. So the one thing I've learned, Jethro, which I like sharing with my listeners is manage those expectations. You have to tell people that if you got a large PST file, it might be days until that's up on the cloud. I mean, oh, who knows? Absolutely. Yeah, I think a lot of people, uh, especially myself in the beginning, were like, oh, yeah, it'll just be up there. Well, yeah, and, you know, the thing I love about Migration Wiz is that it's instantly coming down. In fact, mm -hmm. Jethro, I saw a client, usually when I do mine by hand, you have to wait a while for Outlook to be able to start using it. Yeah. And this one, it was letting us use it like within 30 minutes. 
Yep, absolutely. Which, which is cool because clients hate using the online portal when they're Outlook freaks, you know? Yeah. They, they hate it. Okay, so now I've got enough about the Deployment Pro and the costs are fine. I don't think anybody's going to have a problem with that. Um, one thing I want to talk to you about and I really want the listeners to understand is how important support is. Mm -hmm. and Jethro, i got to tell you that your team does an excellent job at support. Thank you. Uh, I've had some, and my listeners know, because I'm a support maniac, that I don't promote anybody that doesn't have good support. Uh, I had a uh, 24,000 folder problem. <laughs> and, and, I, and I talked to your support guy, and I was like, hey, I've got 24,000 folders i got to get up in the in migration whiz. And I was like, is that the most you've ever done? And he was like, oh, no, we've done higher. <laughs> yeah, we have. <laughs> I was like, I wanted to be the biggest one. <laughs> but anyway, my client had a, a really corrupted uh, 24,000 folder incident because a technician tried to upload it to IMAP. I, oh, that was bad. Corrupted the whole thing. I told, so anyway, the lady was working on her online webmail and she had, because she's a folder person, you know, she was mm -hmm. making, she made 500 folders in like a week. Ouch. So, because she thought her data was had to be changed, so she ended up making these 500. And, of course, she put them in folders on her webmail that I was like, oh, my God, how am I going to get these over now? So we end up, me and your tech said, let's just make two top-tier folders, and mm -hmm. she can move those folders on her webmail. And it was, I had to write a script then. You guys got a script that you can do. Mm -hmm. And your tech helped me get those 500 folders in like no time, which was amazing. Sweet. Thank you. Yeah, you can't control people and their folder addiction. Yeah. But what's that? You cannot. That's true. No, I mean, I, I even told her don't do anything in the, the break, and she did it anyway because I don't think she understood. But uh, that was pretty brutal. But And, and my, my technician who helps me with migrations, his name is Rob, he knows the migration was pretty well. So um, I really have him do a lot of it for me because I'm busy doing other stuff. But, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, we've been finding that there's a new issue with the admin control panel with Office 365, I think. They changed it again. Yeah. Correct. Why don't they just stop changing it and let us learn what we just learned the last time they changed it? Because it's Microsoft. They don't work that way. <laughs> I know. I think that they've got programmers in some <laughs> farm that are like, okay, we just had an update. Let's go update again. Keep us employed. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, I think the last control panel had uh, four changes in the last nine months. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm finally used to it. All right, so now let's see. What's my next question here? So tell us about the uh, other products that, you know, some of our listeners have MSP companies and some are trying to break into MSP. And the mm -hmm. break fix techs might want to know more about the white labels. So go ahead and tell us about the MSP Complete, I think it is. Yeah, absolutely. So MSP is or MSP Complete is actually a framework, a full-on dashboard that we're offering where we offer multiple products, right? So if you look at Office 365 and if MSPs are really serious to get into that managed service space, there's a few things you need to have. And one is really easy management of Office 365, and that's a product that we have called Mission Control uh, that is helping with that. So that real actually does three things. One is management of your Office 365 objects, like resetting a password, um, creating a mailbox, doing some configuration on the mailbox. The second part is reporting, 
who is using which services and how much was the user adoption? Did somebody try to gain access to a mailbox that he or she is not the owner of? And yeah. three is reporting. So, for example, if somebody tries to uh, remove a mailbox, for example, then the partner gets rep a report saying, look, somebody is trying to remove this mailbox. So you can define all these alerts on your own. The second part that you need in an MSP offering is an help desk system. Uh, and we know that 24-7 help desk is really, really difficult. Um, it's, it's very complex. It's time-consuming. It's uh, labor-intensive. Uh, we've done some research, and if you want to do 24-7 support, even for one incident, you need 10 people to cover that 24-7 uh, range. Mm -hmm. So what we offer is a white-label offering. Uh, so pretty much they're all U.S.-based tech supports. They're Office 365 certified engineers. And what we do is we pick up the phone um, if one of your customers is calling and we try to help them in everything that is Office 365 related or other products that the partner might have. If we can't fix it, then we actually send it back to the partner, which is an escalation. And that is a lot more deep dive. And we, we, we know that partners want to deal with that on their own. But just picking up the phone, making sure yeah. basic support. So, and we just ask a fixed fee per month, uh, per user, uh, that we cover. And you can take that as a managed service, sell it to all your customers. There are multiple offerings that we're offering. Um, and in that way, you immediately, starting tomorrow, have a 24-7 help desk system in English in the U.S. 24-7 uh, with Office 365 certified engineers. So it's not that it's going to be a crappy-ass job. It's going to be yeah. something that is really, really serious. So, And, and that's, that's what we're seeing with a lot of MSPs is starting to resonate that, that they need that. Well, so to break fixed texts like me, which I could buy that, right? Absolutely. So the thing is, yeah, go ahead. Well, so you said it's, uh, if you don't mind sharing the price, if it's standard, just so I can get an idea and so can my listeners, like how much is one mailbox or one person per month for my costs? Sure, it, it depends, right? So the three offerings is, first offering is an FAQ offering um, that where what happens is it the partner is going to, come up with a list of frequently asked questions and our support engineers are going to use that specifically uh, to get um, to get the right answers or uh, in a very uh, search on some technical sites. Yeah. But the cost for that is about $2, right, per user per month. That's it. Okay. Yeah. We make sure, and the cool thing is, we make sure that the MSP uh, it also gets those tickets. Right. Okay. So yeah. you're always aware of the questions. You're always aware of the answers that are being provided. The second offering is what we call the Office 365 package. And you have to understand that it also contains the FAQ package. Right. Um, the FAQ package is the first package. The Office 365 is dedicated for Office 365. And there's a price difference if you have the Office Pro Plus suite or not. If you don't have the Office Pro Plus suite, then it's $2.99. So there's less than a dollar up uh, on top of the FAQ. If you do have Office Pro Plus, so where people can ask questions about Outlook, Excel, PowerPoint, that kind of stuff, um, that is $4.59. And then we have what we call the all-in desktop and mobile support offering, where we do um, screen shares, where we look at malware, we look at viruses, we look at 
any type of support for desktop, mobile, and tablets. Um, and there is the price a little bit more expensive, but it also includes the Office 365 offering and the FAQ offering, and that's 17.5 per, per user per month. $17? Yes. Okay, so like, uh, so let's just say that uh, we do call that girl's uh, Office 365 MSP, all right? And uh -huh. I'm going to go out because I'm, I'm not an MSP provider. So if I charge my clients 25 bucks a month per user, it covers mm -hmm. all the all-in. I would only do that one, honestly, right. because I don't want to have to decide what goes where. I hate that. I'd just rather have you do it all and me charge Absolutely. more. So then let me ask you one other thing. Does it include – do you guys at backup exchange with that too? We we do not. So um, okay. that is that is something that uh, we don't offer at this point. Okay. Uh, the, th the thing is what we would do, for example, if somebody has an issue and – they've deleted an email, then we're going to show them how they can recover that email out of the recoverable items, for example. Okay. Or when they want to reset their password in Office 365, then we're going to help them with that. Okay. Uh, but you're totally right. So in the 17.5 US dollars per user per month, everything is covered. Uh, and pretty much what happens is, and I've been listening to one of your other shows where you were saying that if somebody sends you an email at 11 in, uh, at night, that you kind of feel obligated to respond, what you could do is give them the phone number to our service and only when it's a huge problem where you need to step in and only and only then will you be contacted and say, look, uh, we can't figure it out. It's something with that yeah. product. This is what you need to do. So all those emails that you get now, all those calls you potentially get now would go to that service. We would do the heavy lifting. We would take that initial response and only when there's a problem, then it would come back to you. Gotcha. You know what I would probably do, Jethro, is I would uh, set up my third phone. <laughs> and those MSP people would get that phone number and just call you all the time. But I got to tell you that uh, the work I do, you know what I do. It's very mm -hmm. unique work. I have a, you know, I, listen, I'm just like everybody else. I'm, I'm, I have a relationship with every one of my clients. But you know what? I'm starting to grow where I'm like, I don't have a special relationship with every client anymore. You know, sure. I'm like, they are a client, but I'm not like, I don't know their kids and their dogs' names anymore, you know? Got it. So I would be okay with changing my sales technique to be like, okay, here's my monthly service and da-da-da-da-da, and people sign up and, and they get me as an Outlook expert and they get you guys as the experts. So, I mean, really, it's a win for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the thing is, is that I would always have you guys send stuff back for me because I'm real particular with my Outlook. <laughs> No worries. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love it. So that is awesome. I didn't know all that. And I've been I've been put on my fourth quarter list, Jethro, that I got to start growing this company somehow mm -hmm. because I'm getting stale. No, absolutely. And and that's where here's the thing, right, is where Bitsight was in, in, let's say, like the last years focused on we want our partners to grow. And the best yeah. way to do that is to offering them services and products that they can implement in their own managed services offerings that are very easy to use, that are very efficient, cost-effective, and that they can make money on top of. So we strongly believe if you take, for example, the 17.5, you can easily ask 25. You even can go beyond that. But additionally, mm -hmm. you can add a lot more services that you, in the old days, you would not be able to do because you don't have 10 people to do the 24-7 help desk. You would have to have a different product to actually do the management of your Office 365. 
with the products and MSPC or MSP complete, you have all these offerings in one platform and you don't have to go to 20 different uh, products to get the same results. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And that to me is a lot of my clients, they're almost perfect for it because they don't, a lot of them don't even have an IT person. Mm-hmm. They've, they've been like well, winging it. And I'm like, so I need to talk to your tech because of blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, I just did that one day. I'm like, you just set up a small network by yourself one day? Mm-hmm. They did. No, they're absolutely. Like, yeah. <laughs> Cause they I, just, know the, I know the pain. Yeah. I've I'm been like, there. <laughs> Well, yeah, you had your own business, you know. I kind yep. of jealous that you just uh, got got into a, a nice a nice uh, career there. It some days I think about that, Jethro. Like, wonder what would happen if I just got a full time job one day. <laughs> We're always looking work? for good people. We're always hiring. So send in your resume. I know. I you know sometimes I play around and look at the job openings, and I'm like, God, that'd be fun to do. And that'd be fun to do, and I'm getting to be at my half-life, and I'm like, just hearing your story, just kind of like, man, I have the experience, you know. Absolutely. I could do, do it. Okay, so I got a couple other questions for you. Sure. Now, do you, I saw you on social media. I told you I was snooping around. Hmm. Um, so you travel quite a bit for work. That's all I saw on your Facebook feed. Travel, uh-huh. travel, travel. So do you uh, have any plans to coming to Las Vegas this month? There's a couple big conventions. No, we're actually preparing full on. So in February, we're releasing the final version of MSPC and everything that we do now at BitSight is really focusing on that. We want to make a splash. We really want to show potential MSPs uh, what we're going to be offering. And everything right now is really focused on that. Um, I am going to travel, but that's to Europe for a few SharePoint conferences and one in December in Chicago. But I won't be in LA, unfortunately. Oh, no, I'm at Las Vegas, sorry. Oh, Las Vegas, sorry. That's okay, I I live here. Yeah, I live here, so I'm I'm going to uh, my first MSP World next week. Uh I've never been to an MSP convention, so I'm just, like, excited. (laughs) I'm like, I I need to start learning this stuff, you know? I I need to start engaging in it. But that's the thing, right, is that people who are really good at the technical part, they need to make that shift into MSP, and... The thing is, is uh, we actually have uh, a website that is completely driven by BitSight, but it's not marketed as BitSight, is themodernmsp.com. And what we're trying to do is, in a very unforced way, provide information for two people on what the modern MSP looks like, what needs to be done, what the... The transition in the mindset is if you want to become a modern MSP, and that alone gives a lot of information about what partners and customers who are really making that same transition as you're looking to do really get that information. Oh, I'm looking at the site now. It looks uh, nothing like BitTitans either. Yeah. Huh, interesting. I'll check it out. Yeah, I'm still so green to this. I don't even know the difference between MSP and SMB. And honestly, I don't know if I'll... I've never really, I knew MSP many years ago, but now the SMB, and I think that's small managed business. Small Small and medium business. Small medium business, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of that now that I'm trying to kind of watch and learn. And I just know that, you know, like I was saying earlier, I've kind of gotten stale and I'm like, I'm excited to start doing more. And one thing I did, which I'm going to talk about in another show, is I raised my rates again. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really does kind of uh, make the playing field a lot better when you have people that will pay more, you know, for your stuff. 
I agree. It's, here's the thing, right, is we always try to be careful how much we charge, but at the same time, you're also providing a value. So if the value is there, people are people don't want everything for free. It's, they know that the world doesn't work that way, mm -hmm. uh, but it, the value needs to be there. So. Oh, totally. I, most of my clients, I had a guy call the other day. He was like my technician, and this is a shout-out to the tech in Florida. He listens to my show. He told his bot or his client, he was like, oh, yeah, I don't want to do the migration. Call that girl. He typed up my website. The client called in eight minutes. I had a $600 credit card, scheduled it out, and it's going to be done on Friday. I mean, that? that is how fast the sale went. I didn't even have to sell it. He was ready to go. That's when you bring the value. Absolutely. That's right. And he, he was like, my tech likes you. That's good enough for me. I was like, thank you, tech. Now if I know who you are, I'll pay you a commission for sending me the job. I still don't know who the guy is. All right. So then I think last thing your assistant said is one thing that you, um, we probably talked about it quite a bit, is moving past the break fix. And mm -hmm. that's what we kind of been talking about is, so do you just want to give my listeners some encouragement on like how to get you know, past it. A lot of people are scared, Jethro, and me sure. too sometimes is, well, those daily sales, if I move to manage, I'm not going to get that. It's going to be smaller, you know? Well, it's going. To, it's not going to be smaller. It's going to be different. Um, I think what is, what is key, look, here's the thing, right? And I don't want people to tell what they need to do, but think about it. If you're doing a project, a migration project, it's a one-time thing. Um, and in most cases, you have customers that you do a lot of uh, services for. So why don't you just set up a monthly recurring revenue where you just know that every month for X amount of users, there's $25 that will be deposited on your on your account. Um, and that just has a better and a more stable environment to be able to grow. If every time you have to go out and look for those opportunities, look for those projects, and some people have a natural way to connect to people and build long-term relationships. But sometimes it is better to have it all in writing, to have a contract where you say, look, this is what I'm going to do for you for X amount of users, for X amount of dollars per month, and we do that for a whole year. So for that whole year, you just know that a revenue is going to be there. And that's the thing. If you have that in place, then you can grow because you know the cash flow is there. And with break and fix is, well, you pretty much have to wait until they break something for you to fix it. In yeah. this case, you're a lot more proactive. And what is very crucial, and I tell all our partners the same thing, is you become their trusted advisor. They know that they're paying you for your expertise, for your advice. And at that point, you can actually tell them, look, you're, have, you're using... For example, WebEx. Well, why don't we put in a training to get you into Skype for Business? And uh -huh. let's put a reference on there and make sure that oh, that deal comes to me. And again, they will they will do that because you're already taking care of their managed services. Yeah, I, I totally get that. And that's one thing I've always thought of is I just did an export of all my uh, exchange mailboxes. Mm -hmm. And I've got over 600, 650 I think I've done since just I joined up with that river. Uh -huh. Can you imagine I, if that was twenty-five bucks a month? Absolutely. I, I think mean, you would if accept. that's six hundred times twenty-five is fifteen grand a month. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so now I'm thinking, if I start doing it now in three years, I won't just have that. I'll have that times more every month because I keep making new sales. <laughs> I, I think you're making my point very clear right now. 
Yeah, you know what, though? I'm kind of a slow person to get on board with that stuff. But, uh, you know, Jethro, it, it's very encouraging to talk to people that, that, you know, I've interviewed quite a few other people this summer and into the fall. That's I've really done it for my benefit so I can learn, too. But the listeners, of course, learn. But I, I'm ready. You know, I'm ready to move on or do something. Otherwise, I'm just going to sit here forever doing the same Outlook iCloud repairs. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Which I hate doing. <laughs> The thing is, there's nothing wrong with that. If that is your business model, there's nothing wrong with that. But what we're trying yeah. to show you is there's something a lot easier and a lot more rewarding out there. Yeah. Well, I want to see the, I want to grow, add some text on. But, you know, the thing is, I can stay myself if I got you guys' backup. So I don't need text, right? Sure. That's the white label part. Or you can grow very stable and very steady until you know, okay, now I really need one and not need to hire it to be able to do support. Yeah, I agree. That's another fear that the the small support companies have is, you know, we don't we want to grow, but we're worried. We've already been screwed in the past. Mm-hmm. Many of us have already changed our business. Like we used to have stores and a lot of employees, and now it's just down to just me. Yep. But I've got partners around the world, and I'm more internet-based, and it's all really just – the shift has been really a lot of fun too, but it's been pretty, pretty bad, pretty massive. <laughs> Big difference. Absolutely. All right, Jethro. Well, I think we can close up here. I think I conquered all through the list there of things. I, I was really excited to have you on today. Well, um, thank you. I've, I've been trying to reach out to you guys, and you're so huge of a company that I actually went through like three different ways <laughs> to, to get to you guys. I was sneaky about it, <laughs> but and uh, I reached out through. Uh, in LinkedIn and on Facebook, I think. So, alrighty. Well, do you have any final closing notes for us here? Just the same as what I've been saying for the last hour is the fact that, look, MSP is the future. If you want to grow steady and really grow into that business in that revenue, then MSP is the way to go. And I think that a lot of people are scared of it. I just want to tell them, don't be. Do it smart. Do it with a partner that actually can help you. BitTitan is definitely one of those partners. And you're going to see with a product that we're going to launch in February that becoming an MSP and a modern MSP is not that hard anymore. Yeah, I'll watch for that. That's being launched in February? Yes. Okay, I'll put it in my calendar to watch for it. All right, Jethro, well, thank you for coming on the show. And uh, if anybody has any questions, feel free to send them to me and I'll forward them on to the team over there. And uh, I'll put some stuff in the show notes and all that of things we. I took a lot of notes while I was talking to you. That's why I was typing, and I don't do that a lot, so I was really excited. <laughs> well, thank you so much. <laughs> no problem. Thank you, Jethro, and I'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks. Bye bye. Bye. All right, gang. Well, I'm going to close the show up now. I uh, just want to remember to uh, thank Jethro for being on the show. And hopefully, I thanked him enough. <laughs> it was an awesome experience talking to him. But if you have a story you want to share or you want to be a guest on the show, you can contact me, Lisa, at callthatgirl.biz. And, man, I just got to let you guys know that there's a lot of texts out there lately that have been calling me. Some of them don't even know who I am, and some are from the podcast. And, actually, I just got a client today that's been listening to my podcast, and that was awesome, totally awesome. And I might actually see if I can wrangle her into doing a show with me to talk about her experiences with E5. She's going to the the holy grail of all, the E5. Um, anyway, you can check out the my show notes, and there's some links in there, and I'd love for anybody else to do the Outlook survey. So 
Thanks again for listening. This has been a Heyman Hendrickson production, audio supported by Mitch Heyman. Thank you to our sponsor, Rep River, and Podbean for hosting. See you next week, gang. Thanks.